Good morning. Today's Davin Gittin and Zion Test. We're going to be starting today at the mission, the very top of the Amud. She's standing at the at the head of a of a rooftop. Uh, we are going to be here in the eighth parak of the Masechta. So we're going over various scenarios in which uh, she was kona the get. Okay, uh, you need to see that you have to give the get and you have to put the get in her hand. But as we have already established in the beginning of the uh, in the beginning of this parak, so her hand does not have to be understood in the most literal sense. It does not mean her hand. It means that basically has to go into her, into rishus. Uh, she needs to make a kenyan on the item. Uh, but we, we, are, we already established in this parak, and we're going to be hearing more of it in today's daf. And that is, is that it does, it's not, it's not enough that it goes into a chatzar, but it has to be a chatzar mishtameris. It has to be a chatzar that's protected. Now, protected chatzar, right, needs definition and it needs parameters of what exactly that means. Today, we're going to get a little bit of a better sense of what exactly that means. But I don't think, whatever. In other words, in yeshivas, this is an extraordinarily popular parak, and they spend a lot of time trying to ascertain the true definition of what chatzar mishtameris means. So by, by, uh, by way of introduction, what I'm trying to say is, is that in a dafyomi scenario where we're going to be running through the Gemaras, so I don't think we're really going to fully absorb or wrap our heads around what chatzar mishtameris means. This is a, uh, this is a very, very in-depth topic. But meanwhile, however, we're certainly going to get We'll get, we'll get the vocabulary down and we'll get some of the basic ideas down, but the but the precise scenarios over here are going to be a little bit hard to, for us to really uh, to, to to really detail. Okay, with that stated as an introduction, the Mishnah Roshagag. So she's standing on the on, on the roof. Now the roof belongs to whom? So I'll, let's say it's simple. By the way, the Gemara is going to say it in just a couple of minutes from now. But let's say it's simple. In other words, it, it she she owns the rooftop. Okay. In other words, what we want is to get to go from his possession to her possession. And it has to go into her hand, and as we already established, hand does not mean physically her hand, but in other words, her chatzar. Her chatzar could, could serve as her hand. Chatzar mishim yada. Okay, you're not going to hear that terminology today, but let's assume that the chatzar basically is an extension of her hand. So that means to say that once it goes into the chatzar, it's hers, right? Not so fast. So, Okay. Over here, by the way, there's a lot of visual going on, and so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to paint a picture visually Obviously, over here, pictures will be worth more than lots of my words. So, if you happen to have pictures, uh, the um, if you have if you happen to have pictures, that's great. So, basically, now what we're looking at is obviously he's in a lower he's in a lower level. He, she's obviously on the rooftop, which the Mishnah is trying to describe over here. Obviously, means she's on a higher ground than than he, than he is. Literally, she's on high she's on high ground. And now, what he's doing is he's throwing the get from from his from from his ground level up to where she is now on the rooftop. And what the Mishnah is trying to do, obviously, is teach us a Chiddush, obviously. And what the Mishnah is telling us is that once it gets into the airspace, literally, once it gets into her airspace, so now she's going to be Kona. Okay, now, so what does that mean? So airspace is enough, right? So the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question. It's not obvious, but in other words, once you once you already started the 8th parak, you now know, already can anticipate what the Gemara is going to ask, and that is, wait one second, airspace? That's Chatzir HaMishamaris. So the Gemara is going to ask that question, and in just a moment, we're going to see the Gemara, we're going to, uh, the Gemara is going to articulate. Now, Now we're going to do the opposite. Now, he is now on the high ground, she's on the low ground, and again, let's assume, the Gemara is going to really speak this out, let's assume now that we flipped ownership. In other words, he's owning the rooftop, she's owning the ground floor. So, uh, Now, once it is Yotzimershusagad. So once it leaves the airspace of the rooftop, and obviously with by by definition that means that it enters the airspace of the uh, of the um 
of, of the Chatzir. So at that point in time, he raised the Megureshes. That's the precise moment in which he is Megureshes. Once again, what we can articulate is the question of what, it mean, what do you mean, airspace? In other words, I need Chatzir HaMishtameres. It has to be a protected airspace. And over here, we're basically at the point where it is way, way above her head, even though, yes, it's in her airspace, but is that really sufficient? Again, stay tuned. The Gemara is going to ask the question. And the mission makes one more point. And that is, she, uh, that they came and she got some mercy. She Nimchak And, and just to make sure that you understand that entering in her airspace is sufficient. So let's just illustrate that. Let's say, uh, prior to its descent, it, 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 it incinerates. Uh, right? It, it either erases or incinerates, meaning, right? Erasure, erasure is actually really easy, meaning it's, it's pouring outside. Uh, but in other words, but before, it, uh, it lands to the ground, so the rain gets to it, and basically you can't read it anymore. It's illegible. doesn't matter. Meaning once it enters their airspace, it issues Kona. And the same thing with Sreifa. In other words, if whatever, however it incinerates, right, uh, somebody shoots it down before it, before it hits the ground, but as long as it enters into the airspace, you're a Kona. She was Kona. Okay. So uh, in our mission over here, so we basically have created two scenarios in which he's throwing the get into her air, into her domain, and we went in two trajectories. We went from the we went from the ground floor up to the uh, up up to the uh, to the to the gog to the rooftop where she is situated, and we flipped it. We went from he's in the rooftop and she's on the ground floor, and she threw it down to her. In both of those circumstances, the Mishnah says that the once it goes into airspace, she was Kona. Uh, now, again, if you're carefully reading the mission, which of course is what we're supposed to do, so you'll you'll notice the contrast between the two cases are slightly different. Meaning when we're going in an upward trajectory, what did the Mishnah say? Once it enters into the airspace of the roof, she was Kona. Meanwhile, if you notice in the second half of the Mishnah, when we flip the scenario and he's throwing it down to her, once it leaves the airspace of the roof, she was Kona. Right? If you notice carefully that subtle difference in the Mishnah between the Rasha and the Seifa. Quite frankly, the Gemara is not going to so much focus on that, but that certainly is worthwhile noting that the cases are not perfectly uh, contrasting one another. So, Vahalaminter, uh, we, we start with the Gemara. The Gemara asks the question of, I need Shmira, right? We've already established this earlier in this parak, but let's say it again. And that is, is that when we say that, she, that it goes into a Chatzar, she's going to be Kona, it has to be a Chatzar Mishtameris. Why? Uh, because the Chatzar is really a function of her hand. In other words, when you put something in her hand, so it's a protected area. In other words, when you right, physically, you, you literally can close the hand. And even if you don't close the hand, meaning when something is placed in your hand, so you have certainty and security that this item is yours. The chatzar has to mimic that, that feature. So just by throwing it into the chatzar by itself is insufficient. It has to be chatzar mishtameres. So the Gemara wants to know if that's true. So over here, it seems like, well, once it goes into the airspace, that's enough. Well, what do you mean? It's not enough. It needs to be a protected airspace. So I'm reviewing. So the Gemara says, okay, we're talking about a rooftop that has a maka. Okay, remember, we say rooftops over here, you have to go back to the time of the Gemara, the rooftops were flat. People were walking on the rooftops all the time, and there was a maka. In other words, there was a fence around the, around the rooftop. There was, happens to be, separate from our discussion, there happens to be a mitzvah. That when you build a house and there's a rooftop and, and people could fall, possibly fall off the roof, so you have to build a maka around in order to make sure that there, right, that there's no dumb in sacha, there's no blood in your house. So aside from our issue, our issue is just simply the requirement of chatzim mishlamer. There's also a separate mitzvah that you have to build a maka. But the Gemara over here is just focusing on 
how do we turn this area into a chatzar mishlameres? And the answer is by makke. So Ula Bar Menashe Mishmei Davi Yamama Hachah Bapachos Mishlosha Samach Lagag Askinah Dechopachos Mishlosha Samach Lagag Kegag Dam. The Gemara gives a second answer, meaning don't I need Chatzar Mishlamer? So the second answer of the Gemara is is that when it enters into the airspace, so by that in of itself, that's not Mishlamer. That's not a protected area. However, if we're talking about where it's so close to the ground, it's so proximate to the ground, so it's it's Kiilu. It's on the ground itself. In other words, Pachos Megimol. Three tfachim from the from the ground. I'm saying ground, by the way. I mean the the flooring of the gag. So anything that's betoch gimel is considered as if it's actually on the ground itself, right? With the gemara doesn't use the word lavud over here, but we can invoke the idea of lavud, right? That something within a three tefach uh, uh, distance, linear distance, it's keilu. It's touching the the item itself. It's connected, not touching, but rather it's connected. So over here now, if you want to envision, the get is thrown. But in other words, it's really like another, the, the arc is such where the moment that it enters into the roof area, it's so low to the ground. Three tfachim within the ground. It's kemunach. It's as if it's perched and situated on the ground, on the, on the floor of the rooftop. Okay. So there are two basic answers to the question of, I need a chatzar mishlamer. It's answer number one of the Gemara is that we have a makkah. And now what we're describing over here is that it's going into the airspace of the makkah. Then and only then. Is it a chatzim mishlamer? So alternatively, answer number two is that it's so low to the ground of the roof that it's uh, invoking the principle of lavud. It's 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 keilu. It's munach on the ground itself. Um, great question. Uh, not the, not necessarily. In other words, the gemara does not make this point clear. So what I'm saying right now is a little bit of guesswork on my part, but not necessarily. In other words, both answers can exist independent of the other. Correct, correct. In other words, right. If we were if we were doing more Ian in the Gemara, we would we would be asking those questions hundred percent. Okay. Um So now we're up to the next case of the Mishnah. And so now we have him on the roof and, and her on the ground. So Mintar over here, now we're gonna be asking the same question, but over here here the question is even more pronounced. Meaning over here now, he's already on, on, on a higher ground level. He's on the rooftop. And he throws it. And what did the Mishnah say? The moment that it leaves the, the, the airspace of the roof. So now, knew she has acquired it. So now, I don't know how high she, how high he is off the ground. I'm just throwing out a number just so that we can visualize. Let's say he's three stories up, 30 feet up in the air. And so now the get is 30 feet in the air. Now, granted, by the way, it's headed downward but that's Mishtamer? No way that's Mishtamer. That's Gemara's question. It's not, it's, it's not Nishmar. So I'm Yonos. So the Gemara over here says we're going to have to give an Ukimta in the Mishnah. Meaning you are right. There's no way that the that it's it's 30 feet above, above the above the ground. It's headed downward, and that satisfies the requirements of Chatz Mishtamer. It's no way. So the Ukimta that we're going to have to literally insert into the Mishnah is that even though she's on the ground floor, but she's got walls. In fact, over here, the, her walls are higher than the, than, than the walls in which he's throwing from. In other words, let's say he's 30 feet up in the air, and she's on the ground floor, but the ground floor is surrounded by walls, okay? So there's, a, uh, there's, there's fencing around, the, uh, around, the, um, around literally the courtyard of, the, of, of where she is. In fact, those fences are so high, they go 40 feet in the air. Uh, and that's the Ukimta in the Mishnah. Okay, uh, the, uh, and it, even as I describe it, by the way, right, I have no less than three different pictures over here. 
in terms of trying to illustrate exactly what it would look like. But regardless of what picture you're looking at, and, and there are subtle differences between the various pictures, but the idea over here is, is that the, it leaves the rooftop, the airspace of the rooftop, and it now enters into protected airspace of where she is. How is it protected? Because she's got walls going even higher than, than his. And the Gemara says, now this ukimta over here, so many Amoraim had this ukimta. The Gemara just simply notes, many Amoraim operate with this kind of, uh, of ukimta. Okay, so the um, so uh, the we're going to go to a Gemara and Shabbos. The, we're going to introduce over here the idea of klunta. Amr le Rabbi Rabbi Abba leUla Keman Kerebi Damer Klunta Kemishon Chadamia. Okay, so uh, what do we say that once it goes into her airspace, so she has acquired it? Now the Gemara over here says, are we invoking the principle of klunta? Now the principle of klunta is introduced to us in the Gemara and Shabbos Daf Dalit, right there in the beginning of the Masechta. Right, the Gemara the Shabbos spends a lot of time talking about the Malach of Hotzah. Right, I would say this is this is something which is measurable. So, and I haven't and I haven't done the research, but I I think I'm right right about this. The Masechta Shabbos talks more about Hotzah than any other Malacha on Shabbos. It's a right. There is a mini obsession in Shabbos with the Malacha of Hotzah. In fact, the opening of the Masechta talks about Hotzah. Right, taking something from one rishus to another rishus, which is one of the thirty-nine malachas on Shabbos. In fact, it's malacha number thirty-nine. So, uh, one of the principles over there that opening sugya of Shabbos from daf base to about daf ches, right? If I remember correctly, including daf ches. So there, that opening that opening sugya talks about the malacha of hotzah, right? When doing an in-depth uh, study of the malacha of hotzah, so that's the first thing you're doing. You're doing those first seven blot of from base to ches. So the uh, but meanwhile one of the one of the concepts over there is kluta kluta kemishon chadamia, meaning that once it's once you have an item that's in an airspace of a contained area, so is it resting in that area? Remember for Shabbos, what do I need in order to violate the malacha? Obviously, we don't want to violate the malacha. But what are the basic requirements of a of, of a malacha v'otzah? You need akira. You need hanacha. You need to pick the item off the ground. You put you put the item in another rishos. You need a kirin anacha. Those are essential ingredients in order to violate the Isser Malacha of, of Hotzah. So over here, if I throw an item through a Rishosayache, so did it land in the Rishosayache? No. However, what the Gemara entertains over there is the principle of Kluta, Kluta Kemishon Chadamia. Once it's enveloped in the airspace of an area, of a contained area, so there is an opinion out there that, that all you need is just simply to be in the area. And kluta kemishon chadamia. Halach will basically view it as if it's munach, even though it never actually physically stopped in that area. But just by simply going through the enclosed area, it's as if it was munach. And vis-a-vis Shabbos, so now you violated the Isra of Otsah, assuming you were in a Rishos HaRabim, you threw it through a Rishos HaYachid. In fact, by the way, the Gemara over there cites a scenario in which you're standing on one street, there happens to be a parallel street running alongside and what you do is you throw it from one street to another street, right? Running, going, going through the parallel. So what, what do we have there? We have the print. If you subscribe to Kluta Kemishon Chadamia, so now what happened is, is that you threw it from Rishos HaYachid, sorry, you threw it from the Rishos HaRabim, through the Rishos HaYachid, Kluta now tells us that it's Munach, it rested in the Rishos HaYachid, and now Halacha will view it as if it went from that resting spot to a Rishos HaRabim. 
So how many times did you violate the Malach of Ratzah? Actually, twice. You went Rishus HaRab and Rishus HaYachid, and you went from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRab. Okay. And that's all if you subscribe to Kluta. So, uh, so Amalei Rabbi, Rabbi Abalula, so now over here, now we're not talking about Shabbos, and we're not talking about the ideas of Hotsa and Shabbos, but still, in other words, what do we know? It goes into the airspace. Ah, she's acquired it. So are we invoking the principle of Kluta? That's what the Gemara wants to know. So Amalei, so Ula says back to Rabbi Abba, Filotema uh, Rabbanan, you can even say that we're going like the Chachamim who do not subscribe to Kluta. But 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 ad kan lo pli rabban alad the rabbi the rabbi ala linyan shabbos ava hachem yishum iturehu and hakam intar and so the gemara says is that what we could do is that we could distinguish between the two topics meaning from a shabbos perspective kluta is love kamunach dami but over here what do I need maybe over here the threshold the criteria over here is that I just simply need a chazar amishdameres did it go into the airspace yes is the airspace contained. Are the walls around the airspace? The answer again is yes. And maybe that's sufficient. And so maybe vis-a-vis Shabbos, you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't reach the threshold of Hanukkah when it comes to Shabbos, but maybe it's sufficient regarding getting and, 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 and to act as her chatzar. And in a similar discussion Rav Yochanan is having, he basically arrives at the same conclusion. I read that very quickly, but effectively, Rav Yochanan made the exact same point. I don't have to say that our discussion over here is revolving around Shitas Rebbe. Rebbe holds of Klutik Mishun Chadamya. And we don't necessarily have to say that over here. Why? Again, two different arenas of halacha. In the arena, and right, my, my, my word choice over here is deliberate. In the arena of Shabbos, so the Chachamim would say that if something has to rest, it has to physically rest. And he doesn't subscribe to Klutik and Chadamya vis-a-vis Shabbos. But over here, by get, by get, in other words, I just simply need a Chatzar HaMishtameris. And it doesn't have to physically land in the Chatzar, but it has to be protected. And that's enough, and that's sufficient. I'm Rav Nachman, I'm Rav Abaravu, Loshanu Eloshanimchak, Okay, so we are now describing over here where uh, the get is headed from rooftop down to the ground floor. He's in the rooftop, she's on the ground floor. She's, he's throwing the get from his higher elevation down to her lower elevation. What did we learn in the Mishnah? Moment it leaves the airspace of the rooftop and entering into her airspace, and remember, the Ukimta is, is that we have this really high wall around the Chatzir, so once it leaves the airspaces, so now it becomes hers at that point in time. Even before it lands, it burns, it, 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 it erases, she has acquired her get. In other words, that, that Kenyan is occurring in the airspace. So far, so good. That's what we learned so far. Now we're going to add one more, one more facet. And over here, a little bit of physics, if you will. Just a little bit. Okay. And, and we're now talking about vectors over here. And we're talking about upward trajectory versus downward trajectory. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and obviously the the pathway of the of the get is that it's going to go head upward and obviously eventually it's going to descend downward. And so what the Gemara over here is introducing is is that in an upward vector, even though it has changed airspaces, we we are saying that she has not acquired it yet. 
So in other words, we really need two things in order for her to make an acquisition. Number one, it has to enter her airspace and it has to be in a downward vector. Then and only then does it become but hers. Every upper vector will, 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 will eventually become a downward vector. A hundred, oh, of course. So, so what's the... Right? What's the I, I'm also familiar with gravity. You know, you're 100, but you're 100% right. And so why, right, it's fair to, you're asking the question, which I would ask as well. Why Why do I necessarily need a downward vector? It's a, it's a great question. I don't, I don't know. Uh, right, it's fair. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be downward. Correct, correct. The initial one correct, and, and correct. Right. Okay, but in other words, but to his question of, we understand gravity and we understand what's going to work. Meaning because, right? So the Gemara gives a very, very brief explanation, all too brief. In other words, the Gemara's explanation is all but four words. So, because when headed in the upward, uh, in the upward vector, so at that point in time, it is not, it is not to, it is not resting. Nor is, nor is it going to rest. Now, the explanation of the Gemara needs more explanation because all I'm doing is repeating what Ben said. But in other words, but I understand every word of mine is being recorded. So, so I'm just, I'm just, but I'm saying the same thing he's saying. In other words, I need the downward vector, says the Gemara, because I need it lemenach. In other words, I have to see the eventuality of it resting. And I could see it much better when it's headed in the downward vector. So even though it's in our airspace, but it's still an, an, an upward trajectory that's insufficient. In other words, in order to satisfy this requirement of Chatzar Hamishtameris, it has to be headed in a, down, in, in a downward trend. I think it means if it's Nimchak or the Nishaf on the upward trajectory, so it will never be... A hundred percent agreed. Agreed with what you're saying, but, but we are saying the same thing. The reason why Nimchak or Nishaf and Nishaf in the upward trajectory is because it's not hers yet. Correct. And, and it, because, it, because it's still headed upward. Even though, again, we all understand gravity is going to eventually turn that vector around. So, okay, it, it, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm also in need of more explanation, and right now I know I'm, I'm not providing enough. I'm Rav Nachman, I'm Rav Baravua. I'm sorry, let me just read the header. Nisraf. I'm Rav Nachman, I'm Rav Baravua. Lo shana lo shakadim get ladleka. Avakadim ladleka leget lo. My tamim ikar lasreifa kazo. And the Gemara is now going to put in another feature in terms of. When does it get hers? When does it get not hers? We now know that he's throwing it from the rooftop down to where she is on the ground level. We also know that it has to be heading in a downward trajectory. So we can now, all I'm doing is just, in other words, it's easier when you see, right, as I'm going now and just, I'm just painting the picture of the trajectory of the get. So now it's going, it's hit the apex. Now it's headed and it's downward. So it's in her airspace. It's headed downward. At that point in time, the get belongs to her. Great. Now, what we're saying in the Mishnah is, is that any point from that point going forward, so Sreifa, Nimchak, so either burnt or erased, so the, uh, so the, the, get, the get has belonged to her, and therefore the Gerishin has now uh, kicked in. It has taken effect. We're adding one more point over here, and that is, let's say the fire existed in her Chatzar prior to the turn, meaning after hitting the Epix and heading down now, so let's say the fire already was there. It happens to be the husband's throwing it into an existing fire. She has not acquired it. In other words, we have now lost on the Chatzar Mishnah and she has not acquired it. Even though it's gone into her airspace, 
and the vector is headed downward, right? Right? It doesn't matter. Meaning that the only way that she's acquired it is if the hazard did not pre-exist the, the downward trajectory. But if the sreif or the, or, or the mechika, right? By mechika probably, I mean, you're throwing it into a pool, right? And so you know that before it lands, it's going to be erased. So, um, so uh, and at that point in time, she has, there is no acquisition. Mi'ikara, let's say for kazo. Okay, Amr of Chisra Rishu is Chalukah's begitten. And Chuta does not depend on vectors. Yeah, well, the Gemara already distinguished, meaning the Chuta discussion could be totally separate from our discussion, even even before we talk vectors. Right. In other words, the Gemara says that could be strictly a Shabbos requirement, and the threshold of, 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 of Munach could be just different Shabbos vis-a-vis our discussion over here. Amr of Chister Rishu is Chalukah's begitten. Okay. Uh, the Gemara now is going to uh, go into a, another discussion, obviously related to, uh, to our discussion over here, and that's the following. Uh, Rav, Rav Chister wants to make the following argument. I don't want to hand the get to my wife, but I want to give it to her, so therefore what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it to her chatzer. Good. Uh, let's say she doesn't have a chatzer. Okay, so what I could do is I can, I can, I can rent her space. Okay. And uh, in renting her space, so now what I've done is I've created now a chatzer for her, so that now when the get goes into that chatzar, so it's hers. Now, I say rent the space, by the way. I could probably, in other words, there are many different ways in which I can, I can give it to her. I can gift it to her, rent it to her, uh, lend it to her. Okay, what, what, whatever. In other words, but you understand that, the, uh, that as long as now the property is hers, so now the get being thrown into that property is going to function as her chatzar, therefore her yad, therefore it's hers. So far, so good. What Rav Chista wants to argue is, is that when you when you give her an, a, a space, right? When you give her an area, so it is one defined area. You do not give her multiple areas. If you own different lands, different areas, so you only lend one, not two. Okay. Now I know it's really hard. Uh, trust me, I'm, I'm I struggle. I know it's really hard to, to say what's one versus two. I'm not sure, but I do know. I do know. No, but what I do know is that rooftop and, 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 and ground level are considered two and not one. And when the husband says, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you one of my properties. But in other words, but it's only going to be one and not two. And even if he doesn't specify the number one, what Rav Chista wants to argue is, is that generally speaking, when you give a land, you're giving just one, not two. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a difficult discussion because it's a little bit amorphous. But, but that's clearly what... Rav Chis is trying to argue. And, he, in other words, he, he doesn't say it, by the way, but the magic word over here is really hakpada. In other words, a person, generally speaking, is makbid. Right? In fact, I got that from Rashi. If you look at Rashi, I'm reading Rashi over here. Rishu is chalukos legitin. Im ishila habala maka bechatser lekabalat kita lo ishila gaga o beso velo aminan lo kapid. We don't say that the husband's not makbid. In other words, when the husband says, fine, I'm giving you one of my properties. It's only one, right? The uh, train becomes lo mushle. Okay. Again, this is a, uh, if you will, this is just a, a, a. We are ascertaining what people generally do. Okay. Now, how does how does Rav Chista arrive at this conclusion? So he's going to try to use our Mishnah, and we're going to go through this quickly because ultimately, as you can imagine, the the arguments of using our Mishnah, is it, it's we're going to fall short. How does Saba know this? Saba is reference to Rav Chista. So Amr Lei, 
So right, right. In other words, remember this is uh, Rami Bracham and Rav uh, talking. They are a generation after Rav Chista. Rav Chista is a Talmud of Rav. So when they refer to Rav Chista, they call them the elder. Okay, whatever. I I, I, you, I know you like you like that. So I happen to like it as well. Okay, Amalei Masisin he Haisa Omedes Aroshagag Vezarkolak Kemishigila Kemishigia Get Lavir Agagarizim Agreshes B'Maiskinan. Now I already gave away the Gemara's ending. I already gave away the punchline. Right now, the Gemara is entertaining. Who's the owner of the Chatzar? Who's the owner of the Gag? So right now, the Gemara is assuming, Everything is hers. So, So then why do I need the get to move airspaces if everything belongs to her? So everything belongs to him. Now again, we're, we're suggesting. Eventually, all this is going to change. So the Gemara says, well, if everything belongs to him, who cares now enters into the other airspace that's also his. So, so in the first case of the Mishnah, Gag belongs to her. Chatzar belongs to him. Now let's go to the next case of the Mishnah. Now I don't understand. In other words, He's throwing it from rooftop down to her. The rooftop belongs to hers. And, 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 and the ground belongs to him. The Gemara right now is assuming it's the same case, right? We just, we just switched around the positions. So, Ella, Dida. So, so, we have to switch around ownerships as well, just to make sense of the Mishnah. And the Gemara says, and what? And would the Mishnah do that? In other words, switch ownerships of who owns Gog and who owns Chatzir? Now, under my breath, I'm going to whisper to everybody, that's exactly what the Mishnah did. But right now, the Gemara for a moment thinks that, no, the Mishnah wouldn't do that. So, So the Gemara says, because, because there's no way the Mishnah would do that, so what's happening? Everything belongs to him. He's just renting space to her. And uh, and why isn't he just renting both? Because that's not what people do. This is the entire argument that Rav Chista now, that would be used to, to, to support Rav Chista. So Amr Leis, Rami Barchama says to Rav uh, Midi area. You don't, you don't have to say any of that. So Dilma, Hakadisa, Vakadisa, Resha Begag Dida, Vachatsu Diday, and Sefer Begag Dida, Vachatsu Dida. And Rami Barchama says to Rav, uh, we could just simply say that the two cases of the Mishnah, we have two different scenarios. In, in case number one, where, where uh, he's, He's, um, he's on the rooftop. She, I'm sorry. He's on the floor. She's on the rooftop. Rooftop belongs to her. And then in the next case in the Mishnah, flip around ownerships. We could say that. Okay. Amar Evashosh Midos Begitten. Okay. Uh, there are three distinctions that we're going to make between Hilchos Gitten and other areas of Allah. Hadamar Rabbi number one. Now this happens to be a review of what we already saw earlier this morning. Hadamar Rabbi Kluta Kemishon Chadam Shehun Chau Pligi Rabban Allah Hanimila Lingin Shabbos Avalha Chemishumin Torehu Vamintar. Okay, so number one's easy because Chazara. We just we already did that earlier this morning. In other words, even though by Shabbos we have an argument of Kluta Kemishon Chadamia, something's going through the airspace of the Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi says Hanacha. The Chachamim says no, that's not a Hanacha. Good, that's a Shabbos argument. The threshold of Hanacha is different by Shabbos than over here. Over here, do I need it to actually physically rest in the place? No. I just need a chatzar mishtameris. The thresholds are different. Good. Even the chachamim would tell you that once it enters into the airspace, protected airspace, that's sufficient. That's enough. That's one. Number two. 
Hadam Rav Chisda Natschana Brushos Yachid, Verosha Traskal, Vizarak, Venach, Agabav, Afilo Gavoa, Mea. Afilo Gavoa, Mea, I'm sorry, Afilo Gavoa, Mea Ama, so Chayv, Lafisha Rishos Yachid, Ola Adarakia. Okay, here's another Shabbos Olacha. Okay, we did this back in Masech. So Shabbos, let's review. I have a pole, 100 Amas in the air. Obviously, that's an incredibly high, right? It's about 200 feet, 200 feet in the air, approximately. There's a basket on the very top. Let's assume we, we have all the dimensions we need. The basket has to be a makam dalad al dalad. It's got walls. Okay, anyway, there's a lot, there's a lot of details over here, but we're just going to focus on one particular point. I'm standing over here on the street, and the Rishus Harabim, Okay, Rosh Hashanah, by the way, if you remember, Shabbos has very definite parameters of what exactly is a Rosh Hashanah. We're not going to go through it right now. Anyway, but right now I'm in a Rosh Hashanah and I throw the item up. Now it has to go up 200 feet in the air, by the way. It has to be, right, you're, you're launching it. You're launching it. Okay. <laughs> you have to have a good arm. Again, we're just making one singular point over here. And that is, is that the basket, as long as it's a Rosh Hashanah, you have violated Shabbos. Ah, it's really high in the air. I know, but there is no, there, there is no upper limits to Rosh Hashanah. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, there is absolutely upper limits to Rosh Hashanah. Everyone remember what are the upper limits to Rosh Hashanah? Ten Tfachim. That's nothing. The, the Rosh Hashanah only goes up approximately 30 inches. 30 to 40 inches. About, right, I, generally speaking, three feet. Three feet is a great way to look at it. Three feet is 36 inches. So the, that's it. In other words, the Rosh Hashanah does not go any higher. Okay? You can literally, the Gemara's in Shabbos have this discussion. I understand that, you know, nowadays we don't, you know, back in the day they didn't float, but you could literally float above the Rosh Hashanah. Right? If you remember the Gemara's discussion, clouds moving and the rain coming down, how does that, how does that work vis-a-vis Rosh Hashanah? Anyway. So, so, but the Rishus Yachid has no upper limit. It goes up ad infinitum. Good. So the, uh, so that was the point uh, that was made over there. So even though by Shabbos, that's true, that doesn't translate to Gittin. That's exactly the Gemara's point. But once again, over here, what do I need? I need not only to land on a, on, 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 on her property. It has to be Mishtamer. 200 feet in the air in a basket, perched in a basket, it's not a chatzar mishdameris. And therefore, it's not going to work. Okay. That was number, that was number two. Bahalo minter. And we're on the top of Ein Testament Bays, and we're going to do one more. And that is Hadam Raviram Shmuel. Lo yamur Adam Begag Zevi Klob Megusham Mimigagusho Chavero. Shikashem Shidiyurm Chalukim Malamata. Kachdiyurm Chalukim Malamala. Okay, so over here. Really, to understand and appreciate this, you have to understand the, the entire construct of Eruv. And over here, I, I'd be, I'm going to fall a little bit short just in terms of giving all of us the necessary introduction of, 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 of this is a Rosh Hashanah to another Rosh Hashanah, but they're owned by two different people. And so therefore, Minatorits, whatever. There's a lot, there's a lot of prep work to understand what's happening over here. I'm just assuming everyone understands. That in order to be, in order to take something from one person's rishus to another, I need an eruv. That's true when it comes to uh, my my room and your room that are adjacent to one another. My rooftop and your rooftop that are adjacent to one another does not require an eruv. I can go ahead and get water from your rooftop, bring it to my rooftop, even without an eruv. Why? Because rooftops are different. In other words, they function differently. Uh, they're not as accessed as as much. Rooftops are different. Okay. 
if, if the truth of the matter is, if you went through Erevin, you heard a lot of this discussion, so you're a little bit more sensitive to it. Anyway, I, I, I perfectly understand that. We, we didn't do enough to really set ourselves up. But meanwhile, so the, um, so, it happens to be the position of Rabbi Yehudah Mashmul is, even on rooftops you can't do it. Meaning, if I have two rooftops with that did not make an error of one with the other, so I can't go and reach over from your rooftop to my rooftop. I can't do that. Now, that's only vis-a-vis Shabbos. Shabbos so Mishum But when it comes to get, so we will not this we will not distinguish between the boundaries of rooftops. Meaning that when I'm throwing it to a rooftop, even though they, it is not quote unquote your rooftop, nevertheless, vis a vis we're gonna view the entire area on top of the roof as one area. Even even the Lagabi Shabbos we're viewing as distinct areas. But vis-a-vis get, we're viewing it as one area. Okay. Admittedly, that's a little bit harder to, 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 to ascertain. Okay. Let's finish up. Let's get, let's get to the Mishnah. And, and, uh, so we just, one, one more section. I have two chatseros, one interior to the other. So, Panimi Shalav, Vichitsonis Shalom, Mechitsas, Achitsonis, Odfos Allah, Panimios. Okay. Over here, if you have an illustration, I feel like you, you probably do. So if you have an illustration, so you get to see it. Basically, now I have one chaser interior of the other. Vizarkula. So uh, the um, and now the husband is throwing the get to her. Kaven shagia laavir. So the um. Well, well. Uh, I thought I read it, but okay. Uh, let, let's do that again. Amar by shechatsu zuluf name is upanimi yeshala. The interior belongs to her, the, chitzon, the exterior belongs to him. His walls are higher than her walls. So Zarkala, now he's throwing an interior. Once it gets into the airspace, the, so the uh, So the, the garrison, in fact, works. Because aside from enjoying the protection, the interior chatzar, Aside from being protected from their walls, they're also being protected by the exterior walls as well. And so therefore, they already have a layer of protection. Their walls are adding a second layer of protection. And therefore, once it goes into their airspace, that will be sufficient. Uh, and the Gemara says, and we're going to make a distinction between that case and the case of a Kli. One Kli interior to the other Kli. The exterior kli belongs to him. The interior kli belongs to her. Over here, in order for her kli to be kona on her behalf, it actually has to go into the kli. It has to actually make contact with the interior of the kli. And, 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 and the Gemara over here is just simply pointing out, over here, the, the kli does not operate with the same degree of shmira as in the case of the chatzir and the walls. Chatzers and the walls create, create shmira. It creates protected area, protected airspace, but that's not true when it comes to Caleb. So the Gemara t- tells us that this gets us to a Baba Basra discussion of when I have one clean inside of another clean. 
One belongs to one and the other belongs to the other. And and now the question of Kli Besoch Kli, who does it belong to? Gemara says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to sidestep that issue. Over here, the exterior Kli does not have a bottom. So the interior Kli is now actually, actually on the floor itself. So in other words, the Gemara says, I'll, I'll stay clear of that issue. I'm just focusing right now on ma- making the contrast between the airspaces of walls and the airspaces of Kalim. When it comes to the airspace of wall, so I'm telling you that as long as the exterior wall is higher than her wall, her wall is considered now protected airspace. Masha Enkin, when it comes to Kli, we don't say that. That's all I'm saying. In other words, Kli, so Kli, the, the Baba Basra issue, we don't have to get involved in that. We had yesterday right, going to get onto the bed. Right. So is the bed functioning like a Kli or like a Chatzar? Hmm. Right. I'm not sure. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think more about that. I don't know. Okay, good. We'll stop. We'll stop here. Uh, right. It takes us to the end of the, um, the all, all the all, all the chaser mishdameres discussions. Uh, tomorrow we move to a new topic over here in the eighth parak. Okay, good. Good place to stop. Okay, everyone have a great day.